Is it a sign or is it a coincidence? We've always believed that these signs and messages you get from Spirit are there to help move you along and help you to understand that things are meant to happen. Stay with us as we share with you what we consider the biggest sign ever. It's the biggest sign ever. That we've received and the power of forgiveness. So back in 1999, July 18th, 1999, Rick and I, we were in a car accident with our two children, Jessica and Joshua, and they were killed. A drunk driver ran the red light at 80 miles an hour and hit us and hit our minivan. And our two children, Jessica and Joshua, died. Uh, Rick and I both survived the crash. And right after the accident, of course, we were devastated. Didn't even know if we could breathe live life do anything we went and saw a medium and our friend Kathy the medium gave us the most wonderful sign from our children that they were still alive they were just not in their physical body but they were still energy and they were very much alive and that's what we call the chicken in the basket mm-hmm. and and we made a video about that and we'll put a link for that in the uh, description and that kind of gives you the full story of it um, the chicken in the basket because we're not going to go through that one here. We have a, an addition to that then. That's what this video is all about. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. But we want to give you just a little heads up on what this was about. Um, so this chicken in the basket that Kathy told us that our Jessica wanted saved us. It gave us proof mm-hmm. that they were alive. It actually gave us hope that we could move on and go on. And we have yes. since 1999. Um And just recently, we've got another amazing sign from our children as we were just getting ready for Christmas, really. Mm -hmm. It was December 3rd, and we received a letter from the parole officers. So the gentleman who killed our children, David, he went to jail. He went to jail. He was sentenced for 20 years, and he served 13. We did hear that he, when he was in jail, that he became a pastor. So really happy to hear that actually he changed Mm -hmm. his life for the better so now it was kind of surprising on december 3rd when i received this letter it said something that in his parole was going to be changed now our children are considered murdered Mm -hmm. so that is one of the reasons we do receive all of this notifications if there ever is any changes in david's parole so when i received the letter on this saturday afternoon it, it it struck me interesting because when i opened it and i read it and i was like kind of curious on what is changing uh you know again i knew he was a pastor heard he was in iowa being a minister so it was the first time i ever googled him you know and in this day and age you'd think you'd google him uh right away once you know we have the internet going and i never did so i checked it out and Mm -hmm. i was Wondering, is he moving back to Dane County? Is What's changing on this? Why did we get this letter? Well, when I pulled him up, I saw that he was a minister, and he had been a minister for five years and 11 months to present. So it really kind of struck me as odd. Um, so again, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, this is interesting too. This letter is not causing me any triggers. Right. No, uh, sometimes in the past, I'd rip them up and throw them in the garbage. But I had no angst, no, I was not upset. So as I was sitting there contemplating and 
and looking at the videos, he's got several hundreds of videos of him doing mass, it dawned on me the word soul contract, spiritual contract. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, whoa, you know, I totally believe in soul contracts. And was David part of this soul contract to send my children home, our children home? And then I kept thinking about it and I kept feeling like light bulb moment, like, whoa, he chose to be the bad one to send the kids home so that he would go to jail and become a minister to help others. And I was like, oh, Rick, I didn't hear him. I had to tell Rick, you know, I'm like, I think we should go forgive David. You know, I thought if if we would go and forgive him, think about the the dense energies that would be released from him. Think about the the sadness in his heart that he must have carried all of these years. So we decided to call him mm-hmm. and forgive him. So I started on the right way. I did it the right way. I called the parole officers. Mm-hmm. Didn't get the first the parole officer I was supposed to. So that gentleman said, I will message, I will email the right parole officer. Week later, heard nothing. So I called again and I got the right parole officer this time. Mm-hmm. But he said, I will contact David's parole uh, parole officer and see if he wants to meet with you. The one in Iowa. The one in Iowa, yeah. correct. And I was like, okay. So a week passed again, you know, and I'm like a dog with a bone, and I'm like, this is bull. I, they're probably so overworked. I'm like, let's just call him. I mean, he's literally on the internet. So I, like, we got in our, my office, put it on speakerphone, and we dialed. We dialed David. And the first time, it did, he did not pick up. It said, if you want to talk to Pastor David, here is his number. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where, I need paper, I need pen. I, and I'm literally in my office. I have no paper and pen to quickly scratch <laughs> his number down. But we called him back. Yep. And this time he picked up. So David picked up, and he was really surprised to see our name. He saw Beth Olson on his caller ID, and he was shocked. Yeah, and we said, well, David, this is Beth and Rick Olson. And he's like, oh, I can't, I can't, no, I can't believe it. I, I, I it just can't be. And so he was, you could tell he was really emotionally upset. Um, but we told him that, you know, we both have been on a journey and we figured it has been long enough and that we should maybe get together and talk. And he was still, you, you could tell he was crying a little bit yep, and he was. he was very nervous. And I said, David, it's just, no, we have no hatred in our hearts for you. You know, we knew we wanted to forgive him in person. That's not something you do on a phone. So I thought maybe that little bit of tidbit, we don't have hatred Mm -hmm. for him, would help. So we decided um, to set up a date December 29th. Mm -hmm. And we started texting, making sure this was okay. We had to make, he had to make sure it was okay with the parole officer as well and make sure we do our due diligence and not break any of the laws or anything like that. So um, he mentioned to us that he was in Iowa. He had no idea where we were. He still thought we were in Dane County. Mm -hmm. So he said, don't worry, I'm only about two hours away from Madison. We are not in Madison anymore. (laughs) So it was a little longer for us. It was a three and a half hour drive. And so on Thursday, um, December 29th, we're in the car and we're driving and Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, three and a half hours. I'm like, why? Why do we have to go to David's office, right? And so we were going to meet at his church. And his ministry of where he does his um, his preaching, 
and we just felt it would be safer and just a right. more secure spot for him. It would be more comfortable for him than making a trip anyplace else, and we really felt that it was important that he was comfortable because we knew he was going to be really nervous and, and just this was a big deal for him. We could tell that just in the brief conversation we had with him on the phone. Correct. Mm -hmm. You know, and he said that he would be there, his wife of eight years, his new wife, and also his parole officer mm -hmm. would be there. So we got there and we met at noon yep. and we walked in and the energy in the room was a little... Um, Intense, just yeah. nerves. I think mostly nerves. Um, I think his wife too looked like, "Don't hurt him, please, don't hurt him. He's right. doing so well." Um, and so right away, uh, we I sat across the desk from him. Mm -hmm. He was in his and his seat as a pastor, and then Rick was to my actually to my right. And I just opened up. I don't even know what I said. He was just like blah 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 blah. <laughs> And I wanted just to ease the room, you know, and, and let them know that we have been on this journey. And we've gotten so many amazing signs from Jessica and Joshua yeah. that they clearly are alive and they are helping us every day. And we've had three more children. And so I just wanted to put them at peace. Yeah. And so at one point, I, I looked at you and you're like, <laughs> David, do you want to say something? Yeah. <laughs> and so... We wanted to give him a chance to say something. You know, he said a number of things, but a, one of them that was really interesting and kind of struck me was he said, when he was in prison, he felt so helpless, and, and what he the reason why he felt helpless was because he knew he had you know destroyed Jess and Josh. He knew that he had killed them. He knew that he had destroyed his own family. But he didn't know what he had done to us. He didn't know where we were at. And he was so afraid that he had also destroyed us as well. And because what we put in place as part of the sentencing was we didn't want him reaching out to us ever. Um, so he never looked us up or did anything because he was being very careful not to break his parole. Mm -hmm. And so he was so fearful that he had destroyed us as well. And... The other thing that he said that really, to me, struck home and showed how much he had been thinking about this was he talked about on Sundays when he gives his sermon, he always has a brief period of prayer for whoever you want. And he told us he always says the same prayer. He says, I pray for Jessica and Joshua, I pray for my two daughters, and I pray for Rick and Beth Olson because he didn't know what happened to us. Yeah. He clearly thought he might have destroyed us, right. and he never looked up like he couldn't look us no, up. He but yet, I think because he didn't want to, he was afraid of what he might find. Right. He was already carrying so much guilt and so much burden from what he did. He didn't want to look us up and also have that added as well. Right. And so he just was so afraid. And you could just tell the more that we talked and helped mm -hmm. him to understand that what kind of a journey we've been on and where we're at and how we help people that the um, the burden and the and the energy that dense energy was just draining away from him and you could just see it in his body and the shift in his body and you know he had tears yep he would wipe his tears away yep. his wife softened her gaze at us you right. know and she could see where this was coming from was truly coming from our heart as forgiveness yeah. for David. She knew it was huge. Yeah. And 
the parole officer was there also. And at one point I said to him, I said, you know, I don't mean to be rude, but why are you here? And he said, well, he said, I've you know, been a parole officer you know, 18, 19 years. And he said, I have never had a request like this. I've never had a request for the victims to meet with the perpetrator of a crime of this magnitude. Mm -hmm. And he said, I, I had to be here. I had to make sure what was taking place and that there wasn't any more damage or harm done to David. And he said, frankly, I can't believe what's taking place here. I can't believe the gift that you're giving David. And, you know, he said, it's so beautiful. He said, I'm glad I was here to see this. Yeah, yeah. we were all kind of wiping tears mm -hmm. away. It really was, it really was lovely. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking, I'm, so, I'm glad we made that extra trek of right. a couple hours and everything. So right. I think, and so after about an hour, we, mm -hmm. were, we were done talking and we actually got up to, and we hugged. I never knew I was going to hug him. Yeah. It wasn't something I had planned on. And as we hugged, David then says, I've got to show you my Bible, my Bibles I wore out in prison. He said, I never thought I would wear out one Bible, let alone two Bibles. And he points up to this shelf that is, you know, he has a bookshelf in his office, and it was on the top corner shelf. Yeah. And he points to his Bibles, and there's his two Bibles and an AA, his AA book. And there is a white chicken in the basket, porcelain chicken in the basket, on these Bibles and right. his AA book. And I'm like, why, why, are, why is there a chicken in the basket on those Bibles? And the wife was like, oh my gosh, she almost thought she like did something wrong. And she was like... Um, we go thrifting and I bought it as a joke for David like years ago and I put it up there as a joke and she said um, I told him a year ago he could take that off and I said oh my gosh I said I need to take pictures of this I, right. I this is crazy and I said we need to tell you one more story mm -hmm. and so then we took pictures and um, we turned around and we shared with them our chicken in the basket story that was from Kathy 23 well in 1999 right. and now we all have more tears we yep. are just like holy crap i said these are the breadcrumbs these are the little cookie crumbs that the kids have been sending us yeah. all for all these years i said this is our life this is what put us on this path to survive is because our kids are with us yeah. it was incredible and then i said to him i have been collecting chicken in the baskets just like this for so many years over right. 20 years so we hugged again yeah. and he said i i'm going to put it in your ball your your ball what is the expression ballpark, ballpark thank you <laughs> and if you want to talk with me you text me and i said well i'm texting you tomorrow my pictures of my chickens in the basket mm -hmm. so you can see how big my collection is so we got up to leave and we got in the car yep. and we sat there and my mouth was like, I'm like, holy crap. You know, when we went to go for, to forgive David, this was for him. Right. Truly was for him. We weren't mm -hmm. going to share this on social media mm -hmm. because it's not something we don't want people to not judge it. If they have to have, if they, if their child was murdered they may not ever want to forgive the person. Right. This was our journey. Right. This was our thoughts, and this was for David, because he is being a minister. He is helping mm -hmm. others, but he is trying to help people, and right. we thought he could help more people with mm -hmm. getting rid of that, that 
uh, hatred, not, that hardness and dense energies in his heart. Right. right. And so we went there thinking this was just for him, and we weren't really expecting anything, and we get this sign from our kids again. They just pointed out saying, here we are, we're orchestrating this, um, we're behind this, we're helping move you along. And so we, you started calling people? On the way home, I started calling everybody, which was really neat because, you know, so many years ago in 1989 when they died, I was driving in the ambulance taking Jessica there, and I was calling people to say that Jessica died or the, and Joshua died. And, and so here I am on the way home, right. and I'm calling everybody, and I'm calling my three kids and telling them about it, and we're all excited, and we're just like, Oh my gosh, here's this huge sign. Right. And I love the way you explain it. It's like when our kids died, our Jessica's chicken in the basket sign yep. was it saved us. It truly saved us. And then David's Bibles and his AA book truly saved him. Right. And there's a chicken in the basket on them. And they're all together. You yeah. Know, the, the two Bibles and the chicken in the basket are all sitting together to see how all that wove together. And you have the key moment, the key factor in his life for what helped him to move forward and the key factor for our life for what helped us to go forward. And they're literally sitting on top of each other. And it just shows how, you know, this whole idea of things are meant to happen and what kind of power spirit has working from the other side to orchestrate all these things and put all of this together. And it just reinforces you know our thoughts and beliefs and these signs that we get and so because of that you know we decided we have to share this part mm -hmm. of the story because it what's not necessarily about you know forgiving David that's I mean that is very important but it's also about this sign I mean how many years ago did these kids orchestrate all of this to put this together I mean they could have been orchestrating it from before they died that could have been all set up you know, before all of us came down or right. whenever, but at some point they orchestrated all of this. And again, we were there at that moment in order to see that, just like all those parts and pieces came together at the accident site. And it helps to reinforce that, you know, it was meant to happen. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, you like to talk about how, you know, this aspect of forgiveness is ours and it's not, people don't have to. Right. Yeah. I, I do. I, I truly don't judge yourselves if you have something that has, um, if your children were murdered or somebody in your family was murdered, it's not for you to ever have to think, oh my gosh, now I should forgive. It's Everybody has their own journey. Right. So don't put that on yourselves. You know, um, Rick and I truly believe in soul contracts mm -hmm. and we have always honored that because this is what got us through the most devastating loss of having losing both children and right. being childless. And so for us, I, I always call it my foundation. This is what mm -hmm. I stand on. This is what I truly believe. So if I truly believe it, I felt that way for David too. Yeah. And so we are just so thrilled. We drove those three and a half hours there yeah. to get the biggest sign ever. Right. You know, And yeah. I, I also was so like a dog with a bone. I was so tenacious with not giving up with those parole officers. I was right. like, 
I want to talk with David. And I knew I wanted to do it for some reason in 2022. Right. I, I just, I don't know why. I still don't know that out, but we'll figure that out, I'm sure. And the other aspect about this that we you should mention is that both the parole officer from Madison and the one in Iowa both said there's no reason you should have gotten that letter. There's no reason that letter should have been sent out for you. Nobody knows why that letter was right. sent. You know, we do, because it triggered this series of events. The kids arranged that to trigger this series of events to get us to call him and meet with him. But, you know, in their eyes, it's like this wasn't supposed to happen. But right. then again, you know, things are meant to happen, and, and they're meant to put together. And this whole idea of synchronicity, we just really helps us to move along and, and reinforces all these signs that we get, just reinforce that idea for us. Correct. And it, and I love to say that, I mean, the chicken in the basket, I mean, what are the odds? Right. I mean, if anything, I thought maybe like a baseball of his favorite team mm-hmm. who signed a baseball for him could have been on top of his Bibles. I mean, chicken in the basket, really? Right, and for those, you know, mm-hmm. people out there that are kind of questioning this or doubting it, you know, you see from the pictures that we showed you, the original chicken in the basket didn't look anything like Correct. the most of what Beth had collected and what the chicken in the basket was on uh, his Bible. And mm-hmm. we don't, this is the first time we're really showing pictures of any of those. Right. We've never put any of that on social media before. And so it's just, I mean, it's your beliefs and it's what you want to believe in. But for us, that whole idea of this was meant to happen and here's the science to reinforce that just helps that process of getting through grief and loss and understanding, you know, well, if it was meant to happen, then he was meant to be there. And so, you know, then we should let him know that it's okay. It's okay that that happened. You know, we obviously don't want to go through that again, but it's part of something that we're all in, involved with. It's all a journey that we're with. And so we are happy to be able to share this and to put this out there. And um, hopefully this helps you. And, you know, as Beth said, don't judge yourself if you're not in mm-hmm. a position to forgive somebody. Because, you know, the comment, one of the comments that we hear is that when we share this story with our friends, they're like, oh, I don't know if I could ever forgive somebody like that. Well, you haven't been living with it for 23 years. You know, you've just been struck with it five minutes ago. So just go ahead. Well, I'm going to say, too, this we had three more children. So a huge thing for us is that those three kids are supposed to be here. They're part of this journey. And so at some point I was like, I have to forgive David because I was so I was blessed. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have had three more children if we if Jess and Josh were still walking on this earth, you know, but. This has been our path, and I'm honored to be on it and honored that our kids are still right with us, Mm -hmm. helping us. And uh, honestly, again, we were just going to go home, probably stop at Hardy's again and eat supper and and, uh, head home. But now this is again for the world. The first chicken in the basket, I was like, oh, this wasn't just for the two of us Mm -hmm. to have from Jess and Josh. It was for the world. This forgiveness we thought was just for David, it's for the world again. Because that chicken in the basket on his Bibles and his AA book is such proof. And yes, you're right. The only thing on our social media before meeting David to forgive him was a picture of our original chicken in the basket. My porcelain collection had morphed on its own. 
So I started, when I first bought my first one, I was like, was calling to me and mm-hmm. so I put it on the counter and my girlfriend said oh I like that chicken in the basket and I was like whoa, whoa. I didn't even realize what I was yeah. doing and that was over 20 years ago in the meantime I just collected um I've probably got I've got a little problem I've got about 30 of them so <laughs> but I love them they're all in our house and anyways so, you'll see the pictures yeah we're honored to be able to share mm-hmm. this with you and we hope it helps, just like it the helps. rest of the videos we're doing. 